0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Across the Stages podcast brought to you by Absolute Motorsport Radio and also available on Absolute Motorsport TV. I'm James Casey and joining me as always is Joshua Satil. What we're going to be doing today is looking at our top 10 drivers from the 2018 WRC season and looking back at some of their key moments uh, over the course of the season as we work our way up the field. Let's start then with the people who haven't quite made our top 10. On our first honourable slash dishonourable mention uh, goes to Andres Mikkelsen. What a disappointing season for him. Yeah,
1: it was quite sad wasn't it for him and for all of us watching because we really really wanted Mickelson to be right alongside Neville fighting for that title. It was a really exciting move but unfortunately it just never really worked for him. I mean, you look back at his last full season, you know, 2016, he got six podiums and two wins, and you look at this year and, you know, one podium in Sweden, and that was it. I really, really thought at the midpoint of the season that the stuff was changing, but, uh, James, it just never really worked out, did it?
0: Yeah, it was a strange one. It was kind of half the time it was bad luck that was causing him trouble, and then the other half, when he didn't have bad luck, he just wasn't performing. Um, so he never got that kind of gel, Um uh, yeah, just, I don't know what to say, really. And it, it it got even worse. I think it tailed off to go even worse towards the end of the season. So I don't think he's looking great for 2019, to be honest.
1: No, I mean, not even a full-time drive from the looks of it after that. Uh, you know, Loeb News, but we'll have to see. Uh, should we move on to someone else as well who's got an, sort of a, a, an unsafe future at the moment? That's Elvin Evans, of course, seventh in the Drivers' Championship. Uh, two podiums, one in Portugal, one in Catalonia. I mean, it just didn't really work out for him either, did it? I mean, he was spent so much of the year playing second fiddle to OJ to right from the start, I think in Sweden. He was dropped out to give 10th to OJ, and then it just sort of continued throughout the year. He was kind of struggled to build momentum. He couldn't repeat his heroics from, from last year uh, in in Rally GB, and it just never really got going for him either, did it? I mean... Uh, they weren't really consistent highs.
0: No, I think when he when he was performing, he looked really really good, but um, it was just way way too uh, inconsistent, as you say, uh, which was uh, a real shame because we thought he was going to be kicking on after a successful twenty seventeen. Also, we've agreed not not a great season for his new teammate Timo Sinnan either, who. Um, was 12th in the championship, only scored 54 points. Um, Obviously a learning year, but generally quite disappointing.
1: Yeah, definitely. There were flashes of speed for sure, uh, but just not really as promising as those first couple of rounds we saw from him last year. So I was expecting a bit of a jump, uh, and unfortunately we didn't get that. So hopefully more to come from Sunnerm in 2019.
0: Uh, And then we have Craig Breen, who almost made our top 10. But he didn't quite make it and um, uh, again a really uh, uncertain future for him, he could be out of the sport, someone who again suffered with quite a bit of bad luck, Um, but only one podium, that can't be down to luck, that's also got to be a little bit of uh, uh, his own doing in terms of mistakes
1: and no fifth places as well this year uh, that was very very disappointing but no uh, I mean the, the second place in Sweden was brilliant and then he was benched uh, I know it was a decision made before Sweden but I feel like that just killed all of his momentum out this season so I really do feel sorry for Breen uh, it never really got going after that you know he had this kind of odd good results but he spent most of the year first on the road you know sweeping the roads on Saturday and Sunday so yeah uh, a bit of a, a poor year really for Breen uh, and, and it is a real shame
0: But he did have a little bit of a better season uh, than his ex-teammate, Chris Mm -hmm. Meek, who um, obviously will be returning with Toyota in 2019, and we hope that he uh, really performs with them. But this season, benched due to a number of crashes that kind of spilled over from a very messy 2017 season. And um, obviously, we didn't get to see his full season. Showed good speed um, at parts in Monte and in Mexico, but ultimately too inconsistent and... uh, and sacked in the end
1: yeah definitely i guess retrospectively now we can sort of see how all the pieces of the puzzle have fallen for next year it did make a lot of sense for Citroen really to give him the boot i criticized it at the time but i guess it was the right decision in the end because they got you know that man they got O'Shea, so it doesn't really matter uh but yeah uh, meek was was decent as you say he won the power stage in monte carlo uh got a podium in mexico could have won that pretty easily so yeah uh <laughs> You know, it's all worked out at the end. I think that's what we can say with me. He's got to drive for next year.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, finally, the people who didn't make the top 10, we have WRC2 uh, runners, uh, Cali Rovenpera and Pontus Tiedemund, who uh, obviously driving for Skoda uh, alongside uh, a teammate who we'll mention later. Um, but yeah, the uh, uh, a good season for Tiedemann, but nowhere near as good as 2017, and a little bit disappointing, and Robin Perra, um, inconsistent, but ended the season really well, didn't he?
1: He was fantastic for you know, he's got to be easily the the, the clear favourite for next year, uh, he's definitely proved and lived up to hype. I think, already, um, so yeah, I can't speak highly enough of him, and then, you know, Tiedemann, I guess, like you say, he couldn't really do any better than 2017, he almost inevitably took a step back, Uh we know he's leaving Skoda, uh, he'll be somewhere different next year, possibly even in the dual with M Sport or possibly in a, in a VW. So that'll be a good new challenge for him because I think this season proved that uh, he's in need of a change.
0: Yeah, definitely in a bit of a rut at Skoda. Um, but yeah, into the top 10 then. And in 10th place, we've got Mads Osberg. Um, obviously, was due to do the odd appearance. Uh, came in sweden in the third Citroen, uh and then came in again in portugal and got a full-time drive after that because that's when they suck meek. and generally i think he did a pretty solid job
1: definitely you know he dragged that Citroen up to, to places it didn't belong he had an excellent run at finland especially I and mean, obviously a podium as well uh, amid the carnage in that in that season finale in australia so yeah solid, a solid job from osberg uh, he he did well to sort of pick up the points and uh, ended the year with more points from Breen uh, despite competing in a, a couple less events. So, yeah, solid job from Otzberg. Uh, and once again, like I said, with all these drivers, I really hope we see him next year because, uh, obviously, as we know at the moment, uh, he doesn't have a drive.
0: Yeah, this is <laughs> quite depressing, all of these drivers yeah. who, who are in danger. But, um, yeah, that is the nature of WRC at the moment. Right, on to ninth place, and this is our WRC2 champion. Uh, Jan Kopecky almost had the hundred percent records, just missed out in Spain. Um, but other than that, yeah, uh, five wins and one second place—a uh, really good job by him. I don't think you you would have really put him up as a championship challenger at the beginning of the season. But um, yeah, he did a really good job, and he's the WRC two champion.
1: Yeah, I mean seven points from being perfect—you can't really get much better than that. Um, and he was great as well in in in, EWRC, in uh, you know the European Rally Championship as well. I know we, can't, we shouldn't really be including that in this list, but uh, <laughs> I think that was the one time he was beaten. I think all year in that R5 car. So yeah, great stuff. Definitely deserves a place uh, amongst the, the best in WRC.
0: It'd be very interesting to see how he does against Rolf and Perra next year. With yes, the, with the kind of shake-up where he'll be doing where they'll be up against each other directly rather than kind of one does one event, one does the other. So that would be really good to see how Kopeshki fares there, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Right, number 8 then, we have Hayden Padden, part-time programme, uh, ended the season fantastically in Australia. Really, really strong performance there to take uh, second place. But other than that we've kind of thought fairly average solid job um with the with the odd good event really out of the seven that he did
1: definitely i mean he had that sort of event in sweden I and mean, then he had a massive gap until his uh, next appearance in portugal so probably a little bit different uh difficult for him to sort of gain momentum um but he brought the car home you know every time apart from portugal scored solid points for Hyundai, and and like you say that podium was pretty good so yeah again i hope we see more of him uh because he ended the season on the high definitely
0: all right it's number seven and this was a really hard one for us to judge we've kind of put him in in a place that seems appropriate uh sebastian Loeb, who of course only did three events so it was very hard to judge um but quick in mexico puncture uh, meant that he couldn't compete for victory corsica crashed early on but was quick again could have won that one and then he did win in Spain, Um, so three events and um, one good result and speed shown in all of them, as you would have seen last episode, if you haven't, check it out, Uh, he's going to be doing six events this year with Hyundai, and uh, yeah, we've put him in seventh place, quite hard to do, but um, yeah, a good job in those three events.
1: Definitely, he was fantastic in Spain. Uh, what a pretty win for the 44 year old, you know, uh, proving that age is just a number because he was incredible. He was a favourite in all three of those events. He was the fastest at, uh you know, so many points throughout those three rallies. So, yeah, fantastic job. Definitely deserves a place. Uh, I know he's only done three rallies, but, uh you know, he scored the same amount of points as Meek. And uh, I'm sure he should have had a few more rallies this year. He'd have been even higher. So, yeah, really, really good stuff from Loeb. Uh, so, so impressive.
0: Right, getting into our top six now and in sixth place we've got another part-time driver uh, in Danny Sordo who uh, did uh, seven events, two podiums um, but five top five places Uh, and really good speed shown by Sordo on gravel which is something that we haven't seen in the past and um, he's going to continue on with this kind of part-time program. Uh, next year and uh, I think that suits him well because uh, this was a really strong season for him.
1: Definitely, you know, it gives him good reposition, gives him good motivation and he just seems sort of ready and, like you say, really, really fast at, at every event. Uh, you know, so much better, I think, than last year in terms of the pace. It seemed to be really, really there, for Sordo. Of. Maybe not quite over the entire rally. Sometimes he faded a little bit, um, but easily could have won in Mexico. You know, he was really strong in Argentina as well. So, like we say, he's so far up on this list just because he managed to sort of break out of that mould have been sort of an asphalt specialist so uh yeah really really good stuff from sordo <laughs> you know missing that win uh, which so easily could have come this year and I, I really hope it comes next year for him
0: right fifth place then and uh, this was a this was a tough one uh between him and his teammate but we've gone with Esapeka lappi uh in fifth place uh, the position that he ended uh, in the championship three podiums uh, couldn't compete uh, couldn't uh, repeat, sorry, uh, the uh, victory from Finland last year, uh, but generally was competitive in pretty much all of the events. Um, a few, a few retirements, but generally was uh, there or thereabouts in the top five, uh, and uh, a pretty good season for him. Uh, and he's going to Citroen next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, he gets extra points just for his power stage performances. He was electric at every power stage, pretty much. He just absolutely went for it. I think he won about three of them uh, in the first half of the year. Uh, Really, really good stuff. I mean, he was lacking that big result, that big standout sort of Finland win that we saw from him before. Uh, That didn't happen for him, but he still got three podiums and and a whole heap of points, like you say. He was uh, the second-best Toyota driver for a large part of the season before he was overturned, of course, by the the driver next on our list. Spoilers, but uh, yeah. Lappy was Lappy was yeah pretty good, uh, and at Citroen he's going to be uh, I think pretty special alongside Ogier.
0: So in fourth position, then Lappy's teammate Oit Tanak. Uh, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, of course Yari Masi Lapvilla, Who who would have thought that we'd be saying that he was the fourth best driver of the season at the midpoint of the season? I know I was
1: saying he was going to be leaving at the end of the year. <laughs>
0: yeah. So. But yeah, uh, really turned it around. Fantastic end to the season. Uh, of course, one in Australia, could have won a, a few events before that as well. But yeah, after the summer break, he was uh, uh, took four podiums uh, and um, five overall for the season. And uh, w- what a turnaround. And it, it kind of showed that it was quite a lot of bad luck that was holding him back towards the beginning of the season and not him um, losing it, as we kind of uh, uh, had feared. But uh, yeah, a really good turnaround from him.
1: Definitely seemed, you know, in fine form. And probably my highlight for him was probably, you know, uh, Rally GB when he beat OJ in the power stage. I thought that was pretty special. Uh, and, and like you say, that whole second half was, was so, so impressive. And I think, as we said uh, in the Australia review, you know, possible title contender for next year. Uh, let's keep an eye on that one because uh, he had really, really good momentum and was probably the driver of the second half of the year, uh, apart from maybe one man who will come to a little bit later on. Mm.
0: All right, top three then. And of course, it's the top three in the championship they all had very good years i think you could make an argument for any of them to be yes the top driver um but what we've decided is thierry neuville as our third place and um a very good first half of the season uh, three wins before the summer break leading the championship quite comfortably and tailed off towards the end of the season unfortunately um But for me, I think it was a big improvement in 2017 in terms of his maturity, finishing the events far more often. And ultimately, I think that was why he was in the championship this year. And he was quite unfortunate to miss out. Um, But yeah, we've put him in third place.
1: Definitely. That first half of the year, I think, was so, so impressive. Of course, again, the highlight, you know, I the power stage. I mean, that was that is the moment of the year for sure. Uh, you know, fantastic stuff from Neville. And even in the second half of the year, you know, obviously uh, we were saying he tailed off and of course he did. But I think we both agreed before. But that's, you know, a large part down to Hyundai, I think, in the team. Uh, Neville was, you know, I think still pretty special for out there. The second half of the year, like you say, made a lot less mistakes than he did in 2017. I don't feel like he's lost the championship this year. I feel like last year he sort of threw it away. But I feel this year he was just defeated by a sort of more uh, powerful sort of driver and car combination in OJ and that uh, M Sport. So, yeah, for sure, a really solid job from Neville. And like you say, you can literally make the argument for him being, you know, the first, uh, the best driver of the year. So, yeah, really good stuff. Uh, And as I say, I think the best win of the year uh, goes to him
0: right so second place then and it is our world champion sebastian ogier who of course started the season absolutely uh electric uh, with three wins out of the first four uh then went through a bit of a tough period and um it looked like he was out of the championship with three races to go but he pulled it back <laughs> and uh snapped the championship away from his rivals and uh A really good season um, from Sebastián Ogier, Um, but yeah, we haven't put him number one.
1: Yeah, I mean, just fantastic resilience, really, all the way through the year. Like you say, I was very worried he was going to dominate this year uh, after Corsica. I thought, uh, you know, that might be it. He's going to win, you know, half the rallies and and immediately wrap up the championship. It wasn't the case. A brilliant challenge from both Neville uh, and another driver as well. But uh, yeah, Ogier was pretty fantastic. I guess, you know, why have we not put him number one? Well, uh, it's not really a case of him doing a, a bad job. It's just a case where we feel like the, the number one driver was even better. Uh, and I guess for OJ, for probably more mistakes than we've ever seen from him before. That's still not saying very much. We literally mean about two, uh, which is about one more than usual. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not OJ's best season. Uh, but certainly, I mean, he's had to fight harder for this one probably uh, than any of River's championships. All right,
0: then. So, number one, and of course you've guessed it, it is Oit Tennet. Who really should have been champion this year, and there's a, a number of reasons why he wasn't the world champion. Partly because he was a lot of points back early on in the season due to kind of reliability issues, and um, and then towards the end of the season, just when he'd caught up, he then started having a few problems again. But by far, his combination with the Toyota Yaris. Uh, was the fastest and the best combination uh, of the year. And um, he he just showed incredible speed in that second half of the season. And uh, he looked in a different class at some points.
1: Definitely, you know, he, he was easily the driver of the second half of the year. And even through that first half as well, he was just picking up podium after podium. I mean, let's not forget, you know, he was new to the team this year and he came in there straight away in Monte Carlo and was an immediately, you know, the fastest Toyota driver. So, you know, full credit to Tanak. Uh, fantastic from start to finish and like you say I think a real shame that he hasn't walked away with the title but I guess in the end it doesn't matter because he's going to turn up for next year as probably the title favourite uh, you know fantastic job I mean what can you say I mean it, could you could you pick out one highlight really from this year it's it's pretty tough isn't it you know with domination in Finland did really well in Germany uh, stayed in it until the end in Turkey and, and scooped up the win there's, there's so many points to pick out he's brilliant in Argentina like I said brilliant in the season open as well to immediately be quickest oh, there's just so many to point to yeah
0: there's really, yeah, you, you can't, I, I honestly can't pick uh, a moment out of that. And I think actually as well, um, the, the WRC couldn't, because they, uh, they did their like <laughs> awards ceremony. They said like moment of the season was Tanak's three wins. They, they, they couldn't pick out a moment either. Um, just so many uh, fantastic. Uh, we
1: haven't really seen anything like that, have we? You know, unless it's Ogier, no one has won consecutively like that, uh, you know, three in a row, I, I doubt, in a, in a very long time. Uh, probably since lobe
0: and three extremely different events as well yes. i think that's what showed it wasn't it finland uh, light gravel really quick then you got germany kind of a, a rough tarmac event and then turkey which was just a blooming demolition derby <laughs> to be honest <laughs> so yeah no um he's definitely going to be the favorite next year uh, an incredible job this year but yeah that sums it up then um that is the 2018 season what a season it was uh, and we've got another cracking season, I reckon, uh, to look forward to in 2019. Uh, and of course, uh, we will be back then uh, with more episodes uh, on our YouTube channel, Absolute Motorsport TV, uh, and on Absolute Major Sport Radio as well, uh, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. Um, so make sure to uh, check those out if you haven't already. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be uh, back next season. And uh, I hope to uh, hope to have you listening then. Thanks for your time, and goodbye.